Hello, and welcome to Facing the Crowd podcast number 10. This time, we are talking to Liam Cormier from Canadian hardcore stroke metal band, Hello, Liam. How you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm just hanging out. Having a oh, lazy man. Sunday. That's I've what been it's riding about. dirt bikes the last two days, so I'm Sweet. feeling physically, physically pretty exhausted. Oh, I bet. Yeah, that's got to be, that's got to take it out of you, isn't it? Yeah, I I definitely, like, have been trying to ride a ton to, like, stay in shape. I feel like riding dirt bikes feels like playing metal shows. <laughs> it's like a hardcore cool. show. Yeah, there's not, there's not many of them going on at the moment, unfortunately, is there? Yeah, exactly. So I gotta stay in. I gotta stay in some kind of shape. Oh man, yeah, I, I don't think I could ride a dirt bike. I couldn't even ride a BMX. I think <laughs> <laughs> I'm so out of shape if I stop playing football. <laughs> yeah, it's like one of those things. Like you kind of gotta like force yourself. I I like don't go to the gym or anything like that. I'm not like one of those kind of dudes. I could never like put on <laughs> like running shoes and run around the block. So I like. Yeah, I'm like, oh, okay, I got to ride a motorcycle or skateboard or, like, do something to, yeah. like, stay in shape. Yeah, That's why I like fun, being in a band. It's, like, free workout. Yeah, totally, totally. How's the rest of the guys doing? All good? Yeah, everybody's good. We're spread out all across Canada. So I'm, like, super far. So I haven't actually seen any of the guys in person since uh, since March. Hmm, hmm. But it's a big place, isn't it? Yeah, Canada's huge. <laughs> Compared to the UK. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're in the UK. We're down in, um, you've been here actually not so long ago. We were in a, um, in a town called Southend. You played at a um, place called Chinneries down the seafront. Yeah, yeah, we actually, we actually used to hang out in Southend all the time. Our, oh, cool. Um, yeah, our tour manager was from... Uh, was from Rochford. Oh wow, Rochford! So, <laughs> oh, so we used to hang out in like Lee and like South yeah. End all the time. And same like Daniel P. Carter lives there, and yeah, we used to always play shows with like the Hexes boys. So mm-hmm. yeah, cool. yeah, we're in Lee now. We're, yeah, we're about five minutes from South End. So yeah, that's the thing that we would call it south end and then people will be like well actually this coffee shop's in lee and i'll be like oh sorry <laughs> yeah. and same with our friend he'd be like oh i'm actually from rochford and you're like <laughs> oh so sorry <laughs> i bother us mate it doesn't bother us how was that gig at uh Chinneries for you how did you find that oh Inter- man intimate venue we've played, we played Chinneries like three three times now four times have you i didn't know that yeah yeah, we always have a blast there. Uh, yeah. It's such a wicked bar. And I feel like it's close enough, too, to a lot of other places that people will, like, people even will take the train from London to come to a South End show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's, uh, it's, it used to be a little bit like kids would like, when they could put on, like, local bands and things, no one ever wants to play last. Crowd really thins out because everyone's got to get the train or the last bus or whatever. Which is just yeah. one of those things. So yeah, they call it like the, you know, it's like the night shift and playing the uh, playing. You know, if you if you you're headlining, it's not like it's not like a good thing in so. Yeah, half your <laughs> half your crowd in the casino doing Jagerball. That's the one thing though, like playing <laughs> in the UK, like every show, 
like has to be done at 11 o'clock. Like it's yeah. so, cr- it's so crazy. The like bar curfews. Cause like mm. every, like in Canada, we play at like two in the morning sometimes, you know, like depending on the bar, like, yeah. you're like playing until people like can't drink anymore. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, for us to like tour in the UK and be like, okay, you're on stage at like nine thirty. We're like, ah, oh, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> An early night. Yeah, it's so easy. You're at the travel lodge by midnight. Ah, travel lodge, mate. You should insist on a holiday in. They're much nicer. <laughs> <laughs> no way. Just a waste of money. <laughs> just somewhere to sleep, isn't it? Yeah. If you play at 2 a.m. over here, you'd have a bunch of rabid animals. The English going hard, man. You know, we, there's, the second you get let into one of these venues, it's just like drink as much as you can as fast as you can it's, it's dangerous yeah it's the scene everybody's got to work the next day so they got to get as hammered as they possibly can that's it yeah it's pretty crazy so yeah so you're having oh, a nice... you know, that's why we that's why we keep coming back yeah yeah <laughs> so um me, me and myself and sam were, were in the uh tent watching you guys at download last year saw the whole set um Brilliant. Oh, yeah, we saw, was it you, you in the Bronx? Or the Bronx then you? Oh, we saw you both, didn't we? Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I feel like we we now, like, always play festivals, like, the same stage as those guys. It'll be, hmm. yeah, like, us before the Bronx or Bronx before us. So, yeah, the yeah. last couple summers, we've kind of been, like, all over the UK and Europe, like, the Cancer Bats Bronx stage. Uh, that's pretty cool those are not like nice kind of brotherhood kind of thing you'll get on well oh it's the it's the best we we met those guys we toured with them and back in 2007 so we've we've definitely been good homies with those guys for a long time mm-hmm. who's your favorite band to tour with favorite band to tour with yeah who's the most fun man we toured with a lot of great bands um that's a that's like a toss-up between like Anti-Flag, Alexis on Fire, Billy Talent, Rise Against. Man, those dudes all rule. Nice. I mean, I feel like everybody we get along with. Like, I think about, like, touring with While She Sleeps. Like, that was awesome. Yeah. Like, we always make homies on tour. Touring with Gallows was awesome. Oh, man. Touring with Bring Me the Horizon. We toured with Bring Me the Horizon a ton. Like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like we, we make friends with everybody. That's good. Well, you're all such likable characters. Do you know what I mean? It's all good, man. It's all yeah. Good. Oh, Every Time I Die. We've toured with Every Time I Die a ton. Those oh, they're a great cool. band, aren't they? Yeah, I'd love to tour with those dudes more. Mm. I feel like our schedules need to... Uh, well, now nobody has a schedule, so uh, it's pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. I've seen Billy Tatton. I've seen those. I've seen yeah. the ten. Yeah, they were awesome. Yeah, yeah they're the best. Like, they're such good dudes. We've known them. Those guys in Alexis on Fire, we've, like, toured with both bands, like, pretty much around the whole world. Mm. Yeah, I'm a, I'm quite a big fan of Alexis. I saw um, I saw Dallas doing his acoustic thing. It was the last gig I went to before lockdown in March. He played the... Oh, yeah? He played the London Palladium. Oh, cool. That was pretty cool. You know, it was a really nice gig. And then I, I sort of pumped into him outside after. So I had a little chat to him. That was, that was quite nice. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah, it I got good. to see City in Colour played uh, in Halifax, where I'm living now, at the yeah. end of 2019. Uh, mm-hmm. They came through on tour. And, yeah, it was the last day of their tour. So we all hung out and 
um, yeah, it was a good time. Thanks. So let me ask this. Um, obviously, you, you, uh, we're called, uh, our podcast, we called it Face in the Crowd. And the reason we did that was we wanted to sort of like um, put across people's um, like first gigs and first experiences of music, things like that. Oh, and yeah, so for sure. What we always ask um, is uh, what was the first gig you went to? Um, I mean, I went to a bunch of, I grew up in like a college town, like in a university town in Waterloo. So I got to, uh, to see like a bunch of like indie rock bands, like kind of like playing in the nineties, mm-hmm. um, and saw like stuff like that. So when I was like 11, like I remember starting to go to like, we could buy tickets and go to shows and like hang out in a bar. Uh, cause for some reason, all shows were like all ages shows cause we were so young right. or maybe they just like, I don't know. I don't know why, but we were like going to shows when we were really young. But I remember seeing like, yeah, just like indie rock, Canadian indie rock bands. But the first like show show I remember going to was I remember seeing like Rancid uh, when I was like 15 years old. I saw Rancid and Rocket from the Crypt. And I always think of that as like the first like show I kind of went to. Yeah. Because I feel like that was like, like it was like a band that had like a music video and like there were you know like they were kind of like a bigger deal at that point mm. that's where i felt like it was like less like just seeing local bands like open for somebody at a bar and like yeah. actually going to see like a real show was like when i went to see that ah, that's cool i remember them rocking from the crypt they were great oh mate. dude th- that album that like scream dracula scream like that that record like changed my life i yeah. feel like rocket from the crypt was like such a huge band for me in that they didn't fit in any category Mm. so like as a 15 year old like 16 year old when you're trying to like figure out like your identity you know what i mean you're like am i a punk am i a skater am i whatever and then here's this band that's kind of everything was sort of like man they have horns and they're kind of like wearing like glittery shirts on stage but they're also like like they'll kick anyone's ass and like they just like had such a cool vibe that was like oh i don't know if this is like rock and roll or punk or ska or like what is happening and i just remember that being like such like a cool time to sort of be into music because i felt like i i at that point like didn't have to you know kind of like align myself with anything like i was like oh i can just be into whatever music i want because, like, here's a band that's, like, doing it their own way and, like, everyone's into it. Yeah, no, that's it. Oh, that's cool, man. <laughs> what happened to those guys? They, they just stopped on there. I don't know. I don't think they're going anymore, as far yeah. as I know. Yeah, I feel like they, I mean, those guys kind of ended up doing the Hot Snakes, mm. which is, oh, like, okay. a little bit more, like, straightforwardy kind of, like, rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, the, I guess, yeah, that was sort of the the last incarnation hot snakes are still doing stuff now too so what was the first um um what was the first uh, gig you played yourself what was that like gig that i played myself i'm trying to think i played in like a like a a punk band that i joined um when i was like 17 mm. uh I was in this like punk band called another Heather that I got asked to sing. I had always like wanted to play drums 
and that was my plan. I was like, okay, I'm going to like get a drum kit. I'm going to like get my chops up and I'm going to learn how to play drums. And then I'm going to, you know, just be the drummer in a band. That was my plan. And then my friend, John, he, we went and saw the band Goldfinger. Mm -hmm. We were like in 1997, we saw like Goldfinger play. And I was like goofing around in between bands. And I was like singing along to like no effects or whatever that they were playing, you know, in the club. And I was like singing this no effects song to like all my friends. And, uh, and my friend John was like, man, you should be a singer in a band. And I was like, Oh, but I want to play drums. Like I'm, I'm a drummer. And he was like, no, my band needs a singer and you can sing. So you should be the singer of my like punk band. Uh, and then that was it. I was like, (laughs) I like never, I joined his band and I was like, Oh, this is actually pretty fun. Although I felt, I don't know why I just like, felt like I wasn't like pulling my weight because I was like I was like in this band that I like didn't write any of the songs I just like wrote the lyrics and I like didn't play an instrument so I just like had a microphone and like showed up but I thought it was like really funny like having like going from like the bulkiest instrument ever to like nothing to nothing I was like I can show up to a show on my bicycle (laughs) yeah yeah Oh, it's, it's, you know, guitarist, drummers, I feel for man, because that stuff's heavy, right? Yeah, and that's, I always, like, say that I'm still a drummer. I'm a drummer who sings. Um, I'm not, like, a, a singer who plays drums. Do you, do you drum at home, then? Have you got a drum kit at home? Yeah, I still have a drum kit, and uh, that's, like, still what I use to, like, write songs. Mm. So I'll have, like, ideas that I'll, like, come up with, like, drum parts for, and then that's what I bring to like the rest of the bats guys when we're writing. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's really cool, man. I mean, I mean, does, does Mike get jump if you try and tell him drum parts? <laughs> no, no, no. He's down. I mean, we have such like similar, but like different styles. So I feel like now, like I just, you know, kind of like write the like sort of ghost part, you know what I mean? Like the, or like the skeleton of the song. Mm-hmm. And then Mike, Mike will like build on that and make like crazy ideas. But um, when Mike first joined, like all of the, like probably half of the songs on Birthing the Giant, like Scott and I had already written. Mm. So I was like teaching him those drum parts. And I remember that was when we first like realized that we like played drums like really differently and that we Mm. had to like, kind of like come up with our own language in terms of like how to kind of like, come to like a a similar drumming style but now i feel like we've been playing together for like 15 years so it's, yeah it's pretty easy at this point we've got a good system that's cool have you got, any, have you got anything uh lined up in the in the pipeline new music wise uh i mean other than the like we've just been working on that acoustic stuff yeah it's cool um, yeah which like though i think because like we're just sort of reinterpreting songs that we've already written yeah it's a little bit easier because for our band, we really need to be, like, in the same place. Mm. Like, sending demos, like, over the internet of, like, new songs, it's kind of, like, hard. Like, not – there's no one person in Cancer Bats that, like, writes, you know, yeah. like, Jay will come up with, like, a lot of riffs, and then we'll build on those, or I'll come up with, like, drum parts and then, like, a loose kind of, like, guitar riff idea. Mm. And then everyone will build on those. But, like, nobody, like, shows up. We're not one of those bands that like someone like programs drums and like just like kind of shows the other guys what they're supposed to play. 
Mm -hmm. uh we're very much like we kind of all jam together and like that's how you know scott puts some like squeals on top of stuff and like you know what i mean like that's like kind of your chemistry in the same room and that's that's yeah yeah very organic yeah so that's more why we were like oh well we can do this acoustic stuff and that's still like fun and entertaining for the time being um Mm -hmm. and we are having like a ton of fun with that because again it's just like we all know the vibe of the song, you know? So yeah. we're kind of just like all throwing around like ideas on top of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we saw the video um, on Instagram and I know you're doing the, the t-shirt for Canadian Water Aid, aren't you? Um, yeah, yeah. So we're that, doing like- It's a really nice thing. thing. To kind of like raise some money and do some charity stuff at the same time. Yeah. Um, you know, no, it must be nice to sort of, you know, give something back like that because yeah. obviously you're just you're changing up songs and you're, you're releasing t-shirts and you you know you're just you're helping out that's an awesome thing to do especially yeah, I mean, in these times you know when everyone's locked down and stuff it's a really good idea mm. yeah and to, to kind of like have also like the the like ep itself like have a little bit more meaning than just like us trying to like you know because we're doing it just out of like wanting to entertain people so it's like, yeah, like, let's, like, make some money and put that towards a cause, yeah. you know, right. especially when it, it's not, we're not, like, making anything really that new, <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? So it's like, I like the idea of it. Um, I mean, we've been fortunate, like, we definitely have, like, had a career that's, like, allowed us to do, you know, like, some of these charitable things and, like, to work with, like, some some really rad like organizations like helping to raise money for like the you know like the the uh sistering which is like a a women's shelter in toronto um Mm -hmm. i also did like a i did like a head shave for cancer like back in 2016 we were Mm -hmm. able to like raise money for like the princess margaret hospital we raised like over twenty thousand dollars for cancer research a lot of money for a head shave yeah i was stoked i mean it's just nice to be like i feel like to recognize that we're in like a really privileged and like fortunate position that like you know we're not just scraping by anymore you know there was like a time when (laughs) we didn't have any money at all and like we were just like living in the van doing our thing so for us at this point it's like man if we can use any of this like position to help others like that's that's definitely what like makes us want to like do more things and like continue as a band. Yeah, it's great. It's great to hear the attitude. You know, we, um, we were chatting a couple of weeks ago to uh, James from Eighteen Visions, uh, and he was saying oh, a similar cool. thing. And uh, yeah, that, that, he, he's like designed like a t-shirt and all this kind of stuff, and with like all the money going to charity. It's so nice to hear people doing things like that these days. You know, it's a bit of positivity in a in a very dark world at the moment, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, well, and I think it's also, it's so rad because you realize, like, literally on, like, a person-by-person basis, like, no one needs to give a $1,000. It's just, like, it's literally me, like, asking each one of our fans for, like, a buck. Yeah, and And that's where, and then it's, it's like, Cancer Bats as the community, like, comes together and raises $20,000. But, like, Hmm. no one gave more than, like, a few dollars to do that. Yeah. It's just it took me asking everyone to just chip in. And yeah. and that's kind of like when you I feel like when you realize like we have these communities and you can communicate to these people, like that's where we can all make such like a huge difference. 
Mm. And it's not as like daunting of a thing. Like, man, if you just told someone like you could give like five bucks, you know, and you can help an entire community to like have clean drinking water. Yeah. It's like, Oh, five bucks. Like I have that in my wallet. Like you can have that and it will yeah. not change my life whatsoever. You oh, know, exactly. like, like you said, like we go to chinneries and like, it's like, it's a couple hundred of us like in a room and everyone like kicks in a couple bucks. It's like, Oh man, we all just made a huge difference. And yeah. we have, we all had a great night at the same time. It's like, those are kind of like the moments that I realized like, Oh, okay, cool. Like we can use this band for like some really positive stuff. And it's not, mm you know gonna take a huge toll on anyone no that's right yeah and uh, you've got your um your clothing company treadwell haven't you liam so was that probably oh, easy, yeah. easy for you to knock up a t-shirt then wasn't it <laughs> oh yeah well i mean those are yeah those are kind of like the things that i always really love like i've always been the the person who's taking care of the merch for the band so i'm always like yeah let's make a shirt let's do something new but uh yeah i love like like being part of like you know the art and design of things and like i definitely like that's why i wanted to do the treadwell stuff even was like just an excuse to make different art kind of like force myself to do something a little different from like making hardcore t-shirts all the time just like skulls yeah. just put a skull on anything <laughs> <laughs> yeah one of my friends was at the um, at the chinneries gig and uh, she said she didn't know much about you guys, but um, she said that uh, she she was just was chatting to some guy at the merch table, behind the merch table, and then he jumped up and started singing. <laughs> she was like, I didn't realize it was the singer. <laughs> yeah, that's my thing. I like. I think maybe kind of like growing up in like punk and hardcore, like you, I really loved that that like there wasn't any of that. You know, kind of like like superstar kind of like fandom you know what i mean that like mm. i feel like punk and hardcore shows like it was always just like the band doing everything and like hanging out and everyone was really accessible like that's what like got me into the the scene in the first place like i was mm. like this is so rad like nobody's trying to be like a rock star it's just about like you know playing music you love and like communicating ideas and hanging out and like you watch bands the same way that you're like, they'll watch your band, you know, like all, everyone kind of in a real community together. I thought that was like, that's something to me that I'm like, Oh yeah, I want to hang out. Like sitting backstage and like just being on Instagram. I'm yeah. like, that sucks. <laughs> like, that's not why I came to like England. Like I want to hang out. Yeah, no, totally. It's great to meet people and uh, all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's, that's part of touring for you know, a lot, yeah. of, a lot of bands um, sort of uh, lose touch with that, you know. Yeah, and I think, I mean, there's definitely, like, there's different people. Like, I know not everyone gets into music because they're super outgoing. Like, I know mm. a lot of people, like, learn how to play guitar because they, like, don't want to hang out with anyone. And, yeah. And <laughs> that's also totally cool. But, uh, yeah, for me, I just, like, I really love, like, hanging out. I feel so appreciative too, like to, to be at this point that like we've been coming to England since like 2006, mm. you know, like there's so many people that have been like supporting our band. It's like, I love like still like, you know, hanging out and like, even just like thanking people for like coming out to the show, you know what mm. I mean? Cause like, I feel like that side of things you can almost take for granted sometimes that you're yeah, just like, pretty nice. You know, like we're all kind of in this together. Because if people mm. stop coming, like we'll like we'll have to just get jobs. 
and that will suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard, man. It's hard. But yeah, it's great, you know, because obviously, like, you know, your fans come and see the shows, and if they weren't coming, then there wouldn't be anything to do, would there, you know? Yeah, and there wouldn't be a chinneries, you know what I mean? It's like all of those things are like kind of dependent. I mean, that's, I feel like part of what I think even having this time with like, you know, the pandemic and everyone kind of like taking a step back from all that, it's like, that's where everybody realizes this kind of like interconnectedness Mm. of everything and how important it all is. And like what, you know, you realize you actually miss when you're like taken away from it. Yeah. Oh, definitely. So what's happening with, um, talking about Treadwell again, what have you got planned for next year um, with, with your clothing you know, brand? Are you, you, you making a load of more merch on that? Yeah, I mean... Keeping it going? I, yeah, no, it's going really well, uh, which has actually, like, been so fortunate. Like, for me, like, that's entirely what's taken up my time uh, while I've like kind of like not been able to tour. Um, so I've been, I've been super stoked with that again. Yeah. Just like making more, I love, you know, like motorcycling and like that whole scene. So just making more kind of like designs like t-shirt wise. And then I've got like a new jacket that I'm working on. That's going to hopefully come out like early next year while the weather's still kind of crummy here in Canada. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah, it's definitely really fun to kind of like, have something else to like work on and and be creative with so fortunate for me the like motorcycle community i feel like still keeps getting bigger and bigger there's always like new people who are getting into it so it's definitely a really like fun scene to be a part of as well have you you seen any of the motocross or any of that in the in the uk any motorsport over here we've got a lot Yeah, no, there's such a huge scene. I mean, that was where I kind of was like, uh, it was too bad. Like, I usually come over and, like, we'll hang out for, like, last summer I got to go to the Melly Mile. And, like, there's a ton of events that, like, um, happen, like, around the the flat track scene uh, in the UK. I was, like, looking forward to, like, coming over more um, this year because we – Cancer Rats, we were planning on, like, kind of having a chill year and, like, um, kind of writing a new record and stuff like mm. that. And then, yeah, the, the like, my plan was, like, oh, okay, I'm just going to, like, do tons of motorcycling. And I'm going to come and, like, ride bikes around England. And, like, I'll go to some, like, moto shows in Europe. And, like, you know, just, like, really be a part of the scene. And, and uh, mm. Mm. Yeah, and that all kind of, like kind of got shut down but i still hopefully i mean like i feel like bike shed and all those places have just kind of like pushed a lot of their events so my hope is to still yeah be able to like pick up some of that stuff next year and uh and be a part of it because yeah the moto scene is so great i used to come over i don't know if you guys uh ever went to like dirt dirt quake used to happen in like king's lynn but it was like sideburn magazine used to put on this like flat track event called dirt quake mm. and uh it was super fun like people would put on costumes and like kind of like race all sorts of like wacky bikes um but yeah i feel like that that kind of vibe i was hoping for more of those kind of events to happen but you, who knows hopefully have you ever heard of a uh, sense of pod a, a drag strip over in england northampton no no, I know um, drag racing and top fuel and all that's massive in America, isn't it? 
Yeah, there's definitely a crazy. That's a whole world of like motorsport that I don't know a ton about. Oh, right, yeah, because they have like top. I was gonna say, I wonder if you'd ever seen top fuel bikes. Because um, I mean, these bike, you know, these top fuel cars are doing like four seconds quarter of a mile, and then you've got top fuel bikes four or five seconds. That's one if you ever caught one in them live. Because that is that's ground shaking that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I grew up like, on it. What a drag strip. I love going to any of that stuff. I think it's so fun to watch. Yeah, especially when you get the night, when you do the night racing, top people night racing on the bikes, and oh my God. Insanity. Yeah, no, yeah it's, it's crazy. It looks so easy, too, when you see guys just, like, take off and, like, clear it, but then every once in a while, somebody has, like, a big crash, and you're like, oh, yeah, this is actually, like, super hard. <laughs> <laughs> and very dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's super dangerous. So uh, moving back to uh, Cancer Bats, when you started, did, did you ever think you'd have six studio albums, Liam? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, that's, you? Done pretty well. it's, it's such a crazy trip to think about because, like, nobody starts a hardcore band uh, even thinking that they're going to put out, you know, like, two records, let alone six. Yeah. Like, it feels crazy. And I think that's kind of the neat thing about hardcore like in how it's just like evolving. Um, I mean, the, the idea that we're all like playing in these bands and putting out, you know, six and seven albums and like bands that we've been touring with, you know, like, like Combat Kid is like still putting out records. Like we mm. said, the Bronx, like the Bronx is still putting out like awesome records and everybody's in these like points where they're like kind of redefining, you know, what their band is like, you know, like I look at a band like every time I die, like I was going to see them when I was like 20 years old, yeah. like moshing in the crowd. And then like, you know, fast forward, we're like playing festivals and stuff together. And yeah, it's yeah. like, man, those guys are, yeah. Like they're putting out like a new record or just dropped two songs that are like so sick, you know, yeah, like some of the awesome. Aren't they? I can't believe how good they are. Well, I can't believe how good they are. I mean, they yeah. Keep, they and that, that's, I think kind of like, the cool side of it because you're used to like bands like who sort of get to a point in their career and you're like i don't know like you know you don't want like album eight of like anyone but now that like bands like converge and like every time i die and like all these like cool artists are like still pushing it and still making you know music that's like aggressive and chaotic and like mm. inspiring i think that side of things is so cool Oh, definitely. Yeah, no, we want eight studio albums. Yeah, keep them coming. Keep them coming. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and I think that's the thing, too, is that, like, for us, it's where we also, like, don't want to be, like, rushing anything. Like, I think we have such, like, a a great, you know, like, um, kind of, like, track record. It's, like, I don't want to, like, you know, dive into, like, especially like in this kind of case, like where we can't be in the same room together. It's like, I'd rather like take our time, yeah, you know, right. and make a record that like surpasses what we did with the spark that moves and not mm -hmm. something that just like, you know, is an excuse to go back on tour. And yeah. I think that's like kind of for us, the most important thing. Yeah. But you know, you guys, you know, from, from looking in from the outside, you guys always seem to have something to laugh together, all that kind of stuff. You know, you got the, you got the bat Sabbath stuff going on, all that. It just looks like so much fun. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's the other side too, is that like, we genuinely like are still touring and playing music because we love it. 
Yeah. I, and that's like a really important thing for us. Like we kind of always talk, like if, if anyone in the band is like not feeling it, mm. like kind of like, you know, there's no beef. Like it's, it's definitely like something that we all want to be like a hundred percent into. And, and in a way, like that's kind of where when like guys were having kids, we were like, dude, like be a dad. You know what I mean? Like take the time to like be with your, with your kid and with your wife and like your family and like, we'll go and rip these shows. Cause we have like, you know, there's lots of people who know how to play drums and guitar and like want to bring that energy. I never want anyone to feel like they, you know, are like leaving their family or like missing out on an obligation to yeah. just like play a show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause then that takes away from like, the experience you should be having on stage yeah that's it you know i mean you know there's a lot of people out there who uh, like big musicians who obviously you know massive musicians who barely see their families like when they can tour and but that's that's their bread and butter isn't it that's that's that is yeah their way oh, so, and there's there's tons of sacrifice that comes along with it like yeah. even when you know we're you know we're on tour like i know that like scott and mike like they both miss their kids like crazy, mm. you know? And I mm. see how like tough that is. Like when we're in Australia and like the time change is like so bonkers, you know, and you're trying to like FaceTime your kids. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, I totally see where that's like such a, you know, such a real thing. Mm. But at the same time, it's like, we're also, you know, in Australia or in these places to like, to like, you know put on a good show and to like make sure yeah. we have you know like a good vibe so yeah, i always so, want everyone to just be stoked yeah it's so cool that like you've got fans around the world and you can go and visit these places you know it's uh, yeah it's a privilege right it's, you know it's really cool yeah and i always want to like make sure you know like there's nothing worse than like seeing a band that's not into it mm. you know what i mean like you're used to seeing like some hardcore bands like go crazy and you can tell sometimes when they're just like hanging out, like they're just going through the motions Yeah. and you're like, ah, this sucks. Like I didn't need to see this or like maybe not just hardcore bands. Like I've definitely seen some shows that was like, oh, okay, I don't need to see that band anymore. Mm. You know? And it's like, well, I never like, as a fan, I never want to like give somebody that feeling. Like I mm. want like them to be like, yes, I just went to this cancer ed show it was like just as good as when I was like 15 years old. Like, you know, that's the vibe it, I want everyone to watch. It is, Believe me, it is. I, yeah. I saw your first download show and I also saw your um, Sonosphere show. Um, and then, like I say, we saw you again last year and you were just as good. So that's, that's basically yeah. that's <laughs> it. That's it, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, three times I've seen you. And it's been great Although, every single time. I definitely don't stage dive as much as I used to. I remember at Sonosphere, <laughs> I don't blame. You. I was like, I was like stage diving like nonstop. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, my I, yeah, my friend's got some uh, videos and photos of that. I actually texted him today saying, "You've got to find them. They're on his hard drive. You've got to find those photos and videos." Yeah, <laughs> and dude, I remember when, the when last I, when year. I do, I'm gonna, I'll put them up. So, the yeah. last year that we played, <laughs> that we played Sonosphere. I was like stage diving like nonstop and on the last song we were doing Hail Destroyer in the the crowd they stole both my shoes <laughs> and I was like standing at the barricade like after the set and I was like just like taking some photos with kids and I was like in just like my socks like standing in the mud 
And I was like, this is sick. <laughs> you didn't get them back? Oh, no, they're long gone. Someone <laughs> out there. That, some that, was, that, was, um, that was crazy. That was like in a, in a tent, wasn't it? It was absolutely Yeah, mental. that was the same year that we did, uh, that we did the Bat Sabbath as like the surprise set. Yeah. It was like the Sunday. That we played awesome, in the afternoon at like five o'clock. And then after Slipknot, That's like why. the lat, like after Slipknot, then we played the Bat Sabbath set in, yeah. in the same tent. Such a good set. Such a good set. I loved it. But do you know what? I was in that karaoke tent. <laughs> you Were you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You played this guy. That was unbelievable. That's another bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, it was it was definitely unannounced. Like that, we just that's where we came up with the idea of Bad Sabbath because they were like, "Oh, we can't say that it's like Cancer Bats playing a Sabbath set. You got to tell them, or we'll make up a name." And so we mm. didn't even think about it. We were like, "Oh, just put put Bad Sabbath on it. <laughs> That'll be you know, funny." You know, you but I that. thought everyone would kind of know. Like everyone would like in my brain. I was like, "Oh yeah, Bad Sabbath." Cancer yeah. cancer plan. Well, but like, man, people people were like, like asking us if we knew who the secret band was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I knew. I don't know how I knew, but I mean, I was in that tent to watch it, so he was there. Yeah, you weird. put two and two together, or you were just a true Sabbath fan. I feel yeah, like maybe. that was the thing. Like most people just saw Sabbath and were like, "Fuck it, who cares?" Like whoever's yeah. whoever's playing Sabbath, I'm here for it. <laughs> Yeah, I think you should, you guys need to go out and do do a tour with uh, Zach Sabbath. How do you feel about that? I mean, yeah, I a lot of people have brought that up. I'd be so down for it. Yeah, we, we, played a, we played a festival with Black Label Society yeah. in in Norway like a bunch of years ago, and we mm. did a we did a Sabbath song to like close out our set, and this was before the Zach Sabbath thing was going. Mm. But, uh, man, like, uh, the whole band and crew were, like, standing side stage because they were playing after us. But yeah. uh, they were all, like, you know, like, we played Into the Void, and they were all standing around, like, rocking out, like, like super into it. And we ended up all hanging out, and I was like, oh, man, we should do, like, a, like a Sabbath, you know, like, a Bad Sabbath, like, Black Label Society tour would be sick. That would be well amazing. Uh, but yeah, that I mean, obviously that never happened. But uh, yeah, I'd be so down. I think it would be so fun too because you could also like kind of like pick and choose like different songs. Like I, I feel like we do enough songs that are different from the like Zach Sabbath set that it's like, oh, you could have then like almost like two full sets then of like six Sabbath songs. Yeah. And, like, both of our versions are, like, different enough that I think it would – I don't know. I think it would be fucking sick. But, <laughs> I reckon it would be, mate. Be be I don't know who you got to <laughs> – like, you guys – you got to get uh, – you got to get Zach Wild on your podcast and bring it up with him. I feel like it's more his call than mine. Uh, I've messaged him. I've messaged his wife, but no. No reply. <laughs> <laughs> so far, no go. What can you do? Yeah, exactly. The everyone on that podcast, man. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me. Yeah, it's great fun. Oh, it's, it's it's good fun to do. It's great chatting to you guys as well. You know, it's uh, it's nice. Who would you like yeah, to? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's cool. I mean, I definitely, uh, I definitely think it's it's rad that like lots of this stuff is happening. Like now, obviously, the internet makes it super easy. Mm. You guys can just like record a little hang and then. <laughs> chuck it up on the internet yeah so, yeah, so as i say i mean the podcast thing's becoming like it's sort of 
grown so much in like the last year. It's uh, massive, isn't it? It's just I've never even had it. any idea how big it was. But you know, you know me, I was. You know, there's a there's a podcast on anything you can ever think of. Which I didn't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had no idea until I was on Instagram. I was like, oh my god, podcast is Instagram. It's yeah. like millions. Of yeah, <laughs> I was gobsmacked. Yeah, I was listening to one the other day about crop rotation in the 16th century. It was, uh, it was, yeah, it was riveting. So, we've mentioned that world and stuff. Um, who would you like to collaborate with, Liam, if anyone, maybe on a future Pants Bats album? Um, I don't know. I feel like we've uh, we've definitely we've definitely been fortunate to have like a ton of cool guests. Yeah. Um, like so far. Yeah. I don't know. I always feel like it kind of like is the vibe, like as we're, you know, kind of like working on the tracks, it never comes to us until sort of like the song itself, like take shape. Like, I feel like, you know, like even asking like Tim from rise against and like Ben from Billy talent, it's like those dudes, like, it made sense to have them be a part of those songs. Cause it was like, you know, we were on tour, like working on those records and like, obviously like having Wade on it, like makes sense. And like, mm. I don't know. I feel like it, it kind of like, it's usually once the song takes shape, it, it then like speaks to who it, it should, you know, like be, I mean, I have tons of like homies that I'd love to have on, on like, you know, records like Andrew from Comeback Kid and like number two from Anti-Flag and like all the homies. But I, I feel like it's like, it's not until the song kind of like takes shape that I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, we should, you know, I should ask Dez from like, you know, like um, from, you know, Cold Chamber to sing on this. Like that would be a vibe. Like Dez is the homie. And like, it's like stuff like that that like makes sense. You know what I mean? So I feel, I feel like it's like almost, uh, it's like more like the, the chicken needs to come before the egg or vice versa. Like, yeah. When, when like the vibe is there, you're like, Oh yeah, this is like such a good idea. I should ask this person. But I will say that like the main thing, like when any of us think about like a guest, like for us, it's always gotta be somebody that we have a connection to. Yeah. Like that we're friends with and that like we, you know, like already make sense. Like I definitely like never want to just like ask someone that doesn't already have a connection to the band. Mm. I always think like that was, you know, back in the day, like there was like bands that would like get Lemmy from Motorhead to sing on it. And it was yeah. like, they just like paid him money to like sing on their track. Yeah. And I'm like, I guess that's cool. Cause it's Lemmy. But like at the same time, like, he doesn't know who your fucking band is. Like, uh, uh. It's, just like, it's just like, he's not your friend. He just like sent you this like track. I think of that stuff like all the time where it's just like, I don't want to just be like using somebody's like, you know, notoriety or clout. Yeah. Like I want it to be because they make sense as the person in this song. Mm. You're not going to ring up Miley Cyrus anytime soon then. Or like, I would be so into Miley Cyrus if, there was like if we were friends you know what I mean? yeah like, yeah, yeah. I, you know, like that's the kind of vibe where i'm like oh yeah. i'd rather ask like my friend hannah from manchester who like gets up on stage and sings with us all the time because she's awesome like mm. that's who i want to have sing on the next record 
versus yeah like paying miley cyrus to like, <laughs> to like scream on it because like that'll help out our band you know what i mean yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. I get it. Yeah, you want to keep the family, you know, the tight connection, and it's, you've got to feel it. You're part of your crew. Do it on the record. Yeah. Totally. It's got to, it's, yeah, it's got to feel right, doesn't it, at the end of the day? You know. But like, oh, my yeah. God. Talking of feeling right, have you – this is this is so – I've gone so off-tangent here. Have you heard the new single by David Hasselhoff? No. <laughs> this is It's thing. metal. He's done a metal song with some guy. It's like proper riffage with him shouting over the top of it. And there's a, the, <laughs> the videos out there and everything. And it was released a couple of days ago, but check it out, man. You've got to see it to believe it. I'm yeah. Oh, man, I'll, I'll check that out for sure. <laughs> so I, grew up with, I grew up watching Baywatch. I know what's up. <laughs> Mate, I must be older than you because I, I grew up watching Knight Rider. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember Knight Rider. I was definitely a, I was definitely a young kid watching Night Rider. Yeah, yeah, man. Oh, what a program! I've been a fan of his forever, and I'm, I just can't believe he's done a metal song, like serious metal. It's like, oh my god, where did that come from? And I saw him in a pantomime. So I said, <laughs> <laughs> honestly, it was, he was he played foot. We're going off, we're off tangent. Yes, yeah, so I just had to get that in there about the half man. Just, you know, I know you're going to watch it now, and I'm pleased. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out for sure. Definitely gotta check all the vibes. Yeah, man. What's your favorite Christmas song? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Favorite Christmas favorite? song? I mean, I definitely love White Christmas, like the yeah. movie. Oh. Any of the jams off that, but White Christmas, the the song, I feel like is a is a banger. Yeah. Um. But I grew up, like, my mom was always, like, super into musicals and stuff like that. So we would watch White Christmas, like, every year at Christmas time. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's so good. Life, all that. Yeah, less, Wonderful Life is okay. I feel like, yeah, more White Christmas for sure, for the yeah. win. Oh, yeah. No, that's National Lampoon's Christmas Day. Oh, no, that's, that's the ultimate, isn't it? With yeah, the, that one's cherry. great, too. When he was yeah, fine. You got to do all the, you know, you got to watch Die Hard. You got to watch Elf. You got to watch yeah. White Christmas. So, you, so so, you're saying Die Hard is a Christmas film? Yeah, it takes place. Let's just clear Christmas. that up. <laughs> <laughs> it is a Christmas film. Of course it's a Christmas film. One and two, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, of course. You know, so many people say they're not, they're not Christmas films, but it's rubbish. Yeah, I'm gonna put it on my list and definitely have to watch them again. We, I watched yeah, watch the other night. So I wanted to get in the spirit. It's it's not Christmas until Hans falls out that window, man. Then you know it's Christmas. Yeah, at least also too, I feel like has a little bit more like snow. Yeah, that's true. Well. So like Die Hard Two definitely feels yeah, more Christmassy to me. That's the airport one, right? Yeah, that's just, yeah. Brilliant films, yeah. They're, yeah. they're all good films. They're all good films. Are you like massively into your films and that? Then you like all that? Yeah, I definitely like checking out checking out movies. Mm. Um, I, I was... feel like this year I like haven't been to a movie theater. No, no. Which is weird, like to think about. I usually like going to see movies and like going to like the the actual like movie theater. But yeah, yeah it's weird to think about that too. Like not going to see a show. Not going to see a movie, just sitting at home watching it on a laptop. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, yeah. yeah, Liam, I was going to ask you, um, you, you, you covered Sabotage, and it's 
brutal version of it. <laughs> absolutely love it. I actually love the, the guitar solo in it. It just it just goes off crazy, doesn't it? I, I love I love that that version of it. But out of all the Beastie Boys songs, why was it that one that you chose? And did these are two questions at once actually? So you have to bear <laughs> with me. Did the Beastie Boys ever give you any feedback on it? Did they like it? Do you know? Um. Well, the Beast Boys have never, like, reached out, but uh, they definitely have, like, never, like, told us not to do it or, like, sued us. So I feel like oh, it's got to be cool. Like it. Yeah, at this point, or at least they tolerate it. Um, but for me, like, coming up with that, uh, with that, like, cover was we did, like, a bunch of covers. Like, we covered, like, a bunch of other songs, like Murder City Devils. We did, like, a faint cover. We did like a bunch of songs and nobody ever knew what the cover was. Like we would play it and like people would kind of like stand still and like, just like scratch their heads. And I was like, well, this isn't like, you know, any fun. Like we're just like kind of playing really obscure songs. So that was like, I was like, man, we need to cover a song that like everyone knows. Like it doesn't matter like who you are, like, you know, this song. And that was, like, my thinking was, like, oh, let's cover, like, Sabotage, because also it, like, makes sense. Like, it's, like, a heavier kind of song. Um, so, yeah, that was my thinking with it. And yeah, I also was, yeah. like, I knew a lot of people that covered, like, Fight for Your Right to Party. So I was, like, oh, I don't want to do that one. But that song goes over really well. Like, it's, like, super heavy and, like, kind of, like, you know, works in, like, a hardcore context. Mm. So I was like, oh, we should cover Sabotage, and then that will, you know, like, kind of be the same vibe. Did you have fun doing the video? It looked like fun. Yeah, that, well, and that was our other side, too, was, like, I feel like the Beastie Boys have such amazing music videos that even though we're not really, like, changing the song that much, like, I still wanted to do something that was, like, creative Mm. uh and like fun in the same like vibe as like their videos so that was kind of the whole thinking behind it was to like make something that would be to the same caliber of like a beastie boys video Mm. um since we're like kind of in that same world so that was like our our at least like our creative outlet with the whole project but i've heard that they've even seen the video that like somebody told me i can't remember it was like a friend of a friend was like oh yeah they've like seen the video and they like know about it but like i've never yeah like ad rocks never called me up or like oh. told me that he's down but vice versa <laughs> he's never like talked shit so <laughs> i mean i i think you know it's like the uh it's like it's like showing your influence is showing like what a, a song that you love you know i mean you know, i think you know, yeah i mean anything they've got to take it as a compliment yeah they sample their heroes on this track, yeah. don't they? Yeah, and I think, so that's the thing. I think they totally. And they came from like the New York City hardcore scene too, so I feel like those dudes they get it. They're cool. They're like mm. my favorite band, so I I hope they're cool. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Uh, that was, I was that was going to be one of my questions. Like, who's your favorite band? And they are your favorite. <laughs> oh yeah, Beastie Boys. Like I've been a massive Beastie Boys fan like my whole life. Excellent. I think that, I actually saw them at Brixton Academy, and uh, we, you never know what you're going to get, whether they're going to come out and, and rap with the microphones or the, the band's going to come out. And it was just a full band, the whole gig, just smashing it out. Mm. 
Yeah, when I saw 2007, them in... 2007, yeah. Uh, I saw them in 1999 on the Hello Nasty tour. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it was, like, full band. Oh. Um, it was the best. It was, like, the best show I've ever been to in my life. Wow. That's quite an accolade. It, it was an amazing gig, actually. Yeah, it was, like, 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 that's when you see... When you see like superstar kind of like performers, mm. like there's people who are like, oh yeah, I wonder, you know, like people are into that band. It's like when you watch like the Beastie Boys play, it's like they put on such like an incredible show and they're like such like not like I felt like that show was like two and a half hours long and mm. like nobody stopped dancing. Like we we're all just like partying like crazy the whole time. And it's like, well, yeah, that's why you guys are like, that's why there's 60,000 people watching this show. Yeah, and that's what the show's about, isn't it? You know, and um, Mixed Master Mike comes out for about 10 minutes before they come on, doesn't he? And that, that bit was awesome as well. <laughs> it was just... Oh, all of it. Like It just whole... did the whole 10 minutes of cutting and scratching and that before they even come out and the band comes out. Yeah, it was just a killer show. Yeah, and everyone they play with is like incredible like yeah it's such a cool such a cool vibe mm. yeah man we miss gigs so. yeah <laughs> oh my god we really miss we just end up constantly talking about gigs we've been to and that's the point of the podcast but just probably why it's just because we miss so much it's hard it's like thinking about gigs yeah so uh so what's your favorite album of all time then is it the beastie boys album uh yeah like beastie boys what you want was definitely is like a huge record for me mm. um when i was growing up too like i was a massive led zeppelin fan mm-hmm. i feel like led zeppelin 3 is also that same kind of vibe like i'm like oh this is like you know like a band like at the height of their game who were able yeah. to like keep it going you know what i mean like i think of like beastie boys like putting out like what you want and then like ill communication and then hell no nasty it's like you're putting out all of these like crazy records like back to back to back mm. it's like same with like you know you think about like led zeppelin putting out like led zeppelin three and then like just like keeping it up you know what i mean like every record that they're putting out is like different and amazing and like killing it like i guess like that, that kind of like going back to what we were talking about like the idea of like bands putting out like six and seven records it's like that's so foreign until you start thinking of these like huge like kind of like acts that were able to be that prolific Mm. like i think that's the the thing is that like as accessible as we all are to like you know going to a studio and making music it's like until you have that much to say it's like you're you're not going to be able to like keep putting out these like crazy records. And it's only like a few people I think that are in these like positions that are able to make, you know, like records that are always at this huge caliber. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So ACDC, they're just putting another album out and they stick with their same formula. Yeah. Everyone loves it. Yeah. It mean, totally <laughs> works for them, doesn't it? At the end of the day. Well, and I think that's sometimes where like artists get lost. Cause you, you kind of like stop thinking of your band as like what, like, you know, you're like wondering what you should do to stay relevant. But at the same time, you're like, I don't want this band to be relevant. Like, I don't want ACDC to, you know, put out like a trap album. 
I want ACDC to put out like an ACDC record. Hmm. Same with like Metallica. Like I feel like Metallica keeps like wanting to like put out these like relevant records. And it's like, no, I just want to hear like Master of Puppets. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to hear Injustice for All. Like I get where you guys can like do different things and that's cool. But like where you were really nailing it was when you were just like, you know, like redefining what you're already killing it. Yeah. I think that's like some of the stuff that we like, that we get like a little bit lost in. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It's like, um, it's like seeing the reviews. I mean, it might not be your thing, but like the, the new Smashing Pumpkins album, it's like, they're not getting any good feedback whatsoever. They've released a double album. It's like this little eighties sort of goth tinged electronic album. And it's amazing. But the press is getting, is just dire. It's, you know, no one's understanding why they've done it. But you like it? I really like it. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, each to their own, you know, but everyone's like, why has he done that? You know, why, you know, why have they done that? It's just weird. But it sounds like yeah, I, have, I mean, Smashing Pumpkins are definitely a, a band that's like always you know continued to like kind of change and like put out like different kinds of you know albums i Mm. guess there's different ways of looking at it too because like yeah maybe it's also like with heavy music you're like man i just want this to sound like brutal (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, i can listen to radiohead and like hear you know a band evolve and like do crazy things it's like Mm. i also just want a band to like sound brutal and like I just want every Lamb of God record to sound the same. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I just want it to sound like Lamb of God. If a, if a band does something so well, then why mix it up? <laughs> yeah, that's sometimes what I think. And, like, even when we're writing, like, records now, like, the way I always, like, think about it is, like, what do Cancer Bats fans, like, want to hear? Like, the guy who has, like, you know, the bat skull tattooed on the back of his hand – like, what does he want to hear when he's, like, pitting, mm. you know? Like, that's, like, the, the like, input that I'm always thinking about. Yeah. And, like, I think where we kind of, like, were able to, like, capture that mindset, like, with the last record, I was, like, really stoked because it was just, like, yeah, like, us getting excited in the same way that, you know, we did, like, back when we wrote, you know, Hail Destroyer. Mm. It's, like yeah, we're trying out some ideas and we're playing around with some stuff. But at the same time, I want it to sound like cancer bats. I yeah. don't want it to sound like, you know, whatever. No, that's right. That's right. Yeah, he's your roots, man. I mean, you've got six very successful, great albums. You know, why mix it up too much? You know, you've got your own sound. You found your own sound after many years. And that's uh, what it's about, isn't it? Yeah. And I think in a lot of ways, what we're just trying to do is like fix all of our past mistakes. <laughs> now that we're like better players, we're like, okay, we could just like kind of like finish some of those ideas that we started, you know, on, you know, Bears, Mare, Scraps and Bones or like some of the stuff like on DSOL where like maybe we didn't have enough time to kind of like fully figure out some of these ideas. Mm. And it's like now that we're like better players and like better songwriters, it's like, we can kind of go back and like do a better version of some of those like songs that we started. Fair point. Yeah. What's uh, what, out of your albums? What's the one you're most proud of, or what's the one you had like the most fun recording? Um, I don't know. That one I have to pause for because I <laughs> I like 
personally i don't love recording mm. like i that's not like my i i'm way more into touring yeah and i love like going on tour and like playing songs i mean for me i really think like i loved like the challenge that was writing dead set on living mm-hmm. like for me i was like okay we like kind of wrote some good songs on like bears and i think like on hail destroyer we like we like had a, a lot of fun but we didn't really know what we were doing like i feel like we wrote a really good record like by default just by like pouring ourselves into it so by the time we got to like Dead Sun on Living, we were like, okay, we need to write another good record. And that was where we actually like, I feel like stepped up as like songwriters and like really tried to like push through and like refine the songs to make sure they were good and not mm-hmm. just like throw them out and kind of be like, well, I hope people like this. Like I was like, no, I know that Bricks and Mortar is like a kick-ass song because we just spent like six months like making sure it was kick-ass yeah and that that was kind of like where i like really felt like we had figured out you know like some of those like like things i still feel like we ran out of time with like dead stone living and i've i feel like any band that's like full time like you just don't have as much time as you want like Mm. when you're you're trying to fit into like a touring cycle and when you're trying to like continue like you know pushing your career it's like you can't spend all the time that you want in the studio because you don't have that much money and you don't have that much time and so you some of those songs you just have to kind of say like okay this is it like this is as good as it gets but i feel like that record was like was us kind of like stepping up to like another level and being like okay we're gonna like you know like I'm going to have all these lyrics finished like before we go in the studio and like, we're going to jam this to a click, like, so we can record it live. And like, there was just like a lot of those ideas that we like really stepped up to mm-hmm. on that album that I felt like really proud of. Oh, that's the one. Then. That's, you made the most of that time you had for the album and you really put, put everything into it concentration wise. Yeah, yeah. And kind day. of like we, yeah. we had to have a song that like lived up to like, where the sabotage cover had kind of put our band like i felt like that was like a very real thing that we like put out hail destroyer and lucifer's rocking chair and everyone like really vibed on that and then we put out sabotage and that kind of like surpassed any of the songs that were on bears mares i i still think that record's like sick and i think there's a lot of like really great songs that are on it but i felt like the sabotage like raise the bar for like what level our band was at Mm, and then mm. that was like where i was kind of like okay we have to like now meet this new standard that like sabotage kind of pushed us up to that like you know like we we were sort of like you know making our way there and then all of a sudden like yeah like we jumped up a level and i was like okay now like we, we shouldn't make it look like that was a fluke you know like we should really like be able to capitalize on this and i i thought like with okay yeah we wrote like rats and like bricks and mortar and like we had real songs on that record that i felt like we're at that same kind of like level that like okay i can play these in a set next to sabotage and it doesn't get blown away by this one song that we didn't even write you Mm. know what i mean we just like kind of worked it into our own set 
Well, yeah. in a way, a, a cover song it made you you sort of strive to to you know better the power of the, of the music in a way, which is yeah pretty cool, really, isn't it? Another person's bit of music made you feel like you had to try even harder. Yeah. Oh, totally. And I think like also in that meantime, we were like learning a lot, like in doing the, like the Bat Sabbath stuff, like that also happened in between like us, like putting out uh, bears and like writing Dead Sun on Living. Like that was like a huge transition too. Cause you kind of like, it's like learning from the masters, mm, like mm. in like doing all those covers, we were just like, Oh, this is also a completely different way of writing like superstar level songs, mm, mm. you know, and like really kind of like dialing into that and like trying to just like learn how to play those songs. Like I yeah. feel like Black Sabbath is like amazing in that, like all the songs sound really easy until you like try and learn how to play them. Yeah. And you realize they're all super complex and like, there's a ton of like crazy jazz and like everybody's playing off of each other in this like, really crazy way that just comes off as like super simple mm. but you realize that that's why those songs are like so important yeah so the structure of black sabbath songs actually helps you as well the, the, the structure of those songs so. yeah and like just learning like different like song styles because like a lot of hardcore is always just you know the same 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 kind of like song patterns and then you look at something like man the between like a song like into the void that just has like a huge intro and yeah. like doesn't give a shit like yeah this is like its own vibe and like can be its own thing and then you know like a song like children of the grave that like has like it's there's no real chorus it just has these like super catchy riffs that like kind of like cycle through this whole thing mm. you're like oh these guys like kind of were on their own separate tip when it came to like like with like tony and geezer writing these songs like it was just like very much like their own free thinking yeah amazing absolutely amazing no um we wanted to ask you what's the weirdest gig you've ever played in <laughs> just play some weirdest, 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 weirdest gig. gig yeah we've asked that before I remember we used to we used to think that like cancer bats we could play in front of anybody and it like really didn't matter. Like we were just like put us in front of any crowd, like in this like kind of cocky way. We were just like, we'll do whatever. And I remember my friend was tour managing Lacuna Coil and they had a band that like I forget what happened. They had like dropped out there that somebody had gotten hurt and like couldn't play their uh show at the forum. Mm. and we were just flying over from Canada and we landed at Heathrow and my phone rang and it was my friend who was like tour managing Lacuna Coil and he was like dude are you guys in England and I was like we just got to the airport and he's like do you want to play with Lacuna Coil tonight and I was like yes <laughs> and so he was like I'll give you 500 pounds like come on down so we like picked up our gear we went straight to the forum and like met every like everyone in Lacuna Coil is like so rad and like we were all hanging out. We're like, this is gonna be the sickest. And like we got on stage and it was like, man, we like were ripping through our set and it was like crickets. 
It was like really? the, the like forum was packed full of Lacuna Coil fans, and they did not give a shit about our band. And I remember like we got off stage, and like all the like the dudes like from Lacuna Coil, like the guitar players, were all like, "Oh, that was sick!" And I was like, "Man, I'm glad you guys thought so, because like <laughs> this was like playing to like just like." a totally different crowd and that was when it, it kind of like this was like early days of bat so we were probably only like touring on hail destroyer like we were like very much just a hardcore band you know mm. and i was just like oh, okay like we can't play in front of any crowd it's like we can play in front of like any punk crowd we yeah. can play in front of any hardcore crowd but like we can't open up a lacuna coil tour <laughs> <laughs> you know that now don't you <laughs> yeah it was a really great lesson well, but it's also yeah. fun too because like i think you realize in those like times when you're like oh yeah but at the end of the day like it was still fun you know what i mean like it was still like a great show and like like i said like those the people in the kuna coil were so cool and like everyone was like hanging out and having fun yeah. those just like even at like the weirdest kind of situation it's like yeah but we're still like having fun and playing music yeah. and like, it's still worth it and plus, yeah, you know, exactly. I, I bet, Two I bet, thousand I, people weren't into it, but like the five or six, you know, Lacuna Coil and their crew, as long as they had a good time. I bet there was at least five or ten people in the audience who went and bought the album the next day, though, you know? Yeah, oh, totally. And that's kind of like the thing. I've definitely like met some people like down the, down the road that have like, you know, who were at that Lacuna Coil show. Yeah. But it's hard to, it's hard to hear the like, one person at the back being like woohoo <laughs> you know when it's like a pretty like 2000 people not vibing <laughs> maybe uh, even maybe even if it's like 1500 people that like don't care and there's like even 500 but they're spread out in every corner you're kind of like oh, i get my i get the drift well i mean the worst thing could have been if there was just like one guy doing a slow hand clap you know yeah, I feel like everyone was, like, kind of polite. Like, it, it's sort of, like, the perfect Damn. scenario. We've never, like, played that many shows, you know, that are that harsh. No, like, when no, you think no. about it. Yeah, like, it could have been, like, 2,000 people throwing bottles at us. So, mm. could have been way worse. But yeah, that, that's the one, then. The Kudapur gig. That was the one. What about, um, say, you must have played. Have you played in Halifax, where you actually live at the moment? Have you played? Have the Kansas Bats played there? Yeah, yeah, we just played uh, last end of last year. Right, so you, you, the difference between playing there and then say playing in London, what, 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 are you, what is the crowd difference like? Is it the same or is it, is the vibe different? Uh, I mean, vibe is the vibe is the same. I mean, this like where I live, there's less than a million people. Um, so it's like the show, like we had like an amazing show when we played here there was like 700 people you know the vibe is like is crazy that's the one thing that i think is like unique for like you know like a hardcore band is that there there is something to be said about that universal language of like a hardcore show like it's like when we play in london it's like yeah maybe there's like twice as many people but it's like but the vibe is still like you're at a hardcore show you mm. know and people are yeah. like going off and singing along and, and you can feel that energy. You know what I mean? Like, regardless if it's like 200 people and you're in like a packed club, 
it's like that chaos is is going to translate you know it doesn't it to me it's like one of the things that i think is so cool about being in this community is that like yeah we play like a show like we play like a hometown show in toronto and like like having a huge crowd like having a thousand people like go nuts like is amazing but at the same time when you play like a small town and you know their whole hardcore community is there like with you like Mm. it's just like it doesn't matter really how many people are there like when there's just like that much energy in a room and it's full it just like it translates into such like a an awesome experience yeah oh definitely yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they're, they're there to see the cancer bats. Yeah, it'll be the same across the pond. Yeah, well, of course, yeah. Yeah, like a pack of Henry's gig, you know, like that. There's something that feels like a hometown show whenever it's like a, a really like packed out good vibe. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm shocked to hear you played there three or four times. Yeah, I only knew about the last one. We didn't go, but the only reason we didn't go is because we were going to download it. We, we knew we were going to so see you. We knew we were going to see you then. <laughs> we were saving our, saving our beer fund for, for the festivals. <laughs> True. We blew it. Well, next time we'll play Chinneries and we'll make sure we're not doing any other gigs. Yeah, man. That'd be wicked. And you, and you bring in uh, Zach Wild there as well, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be coming. going to be wicked. so cool. Um, <laughs> I know you've got a lot of um, fans, you know, I saw you go online on Insta the other night, Liam, and all your fans are on there. And great little chat. You're going to do it again, aren't you? Um, yeah, we're going to try and do those weekly. I think. Yeah, it's a good little insight. You know, just you giving an update and talking to them. They, they absolutely loved it, didn't they? Um, yeah, it was fun. In these tough times we're all going through at the moment, what would be your one message to your fans? Um, with regards to, you know, getting through COVID and whatever, coming out the other side, looking forward to seeing you. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, I think that there is another side, you know what I mean? Like, I think everybody gets, like, hyper-focused sometimes on, like, the day in, day out of, like, being stuck in, you know, like, whether it's lockdown or, like, you know, people's, you know, businesses, like, a hear about like venues and stuff like that like being on the brink of closing and like all of this and i i think it's it's hard to but like to to have those moments where you can step back and be like but there is you know the sun is going to come up tomorrow and it's going to come up next month Mm. you know and it, it is in a lot of ways like just hanging in there and like getting through it that i think it needs to be like the light at the end of the tunnel like i don't know when that's going to be but i know it is going to be yeah. yeah, and I think that's, like, the bigger thing that, like, you know, lots of us, like, things are going to change, but, like, people aren't going anywhere, you know, and, like, we are going to, like, have, like, as much as, like, even the venue closure thing, like, I think is is brutal, and I, I feel for, like, all of the, like, bars and, like, small venues that we love going to, but also at the same time, like, that's, you know, that's what, like, hardcore and punk and metal is, like, all about, is, like, we'll play wherever. You know, like the vibe for all of us, like, isn't just in, you know, like a place like, like, I want Chinneries to be around forever because it's like a staple of the community. Mm. But like, if Chinneries closed and those guys opened up another space, like up the road, like, 
that's where we would play and the vibe would be amazing because the people that run the space are like what make it you know what i mean so i think that's the thing is that like we're all in this together and that it doesn't matter where we end up like playing or where your bar ends up being it's like as long as you're like a part of the community and everybody knows like you know that like the the guy runs the bar and like the sound person and like everyone who's involved in those spaces is like what makes it so rad so i think that's like my main thing is like yeah times are tough right now but it's also like it's gonna be you know we're all gonna be here yeah it's still gonna happen Gonna, yeah, exactly. we're gonna get this happening again. Mm. That's the message. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, You're brilliant. Absolutely. It's been an amazing podcast, Liam. Thanks so much. Yeah, no, it's been, thanks. yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. I'm for glad, taking uh, the time out of your weekend. Yeah, no worries. I uh, I gotta go and actually pack up a whole bunch of Treadwell orders. Is my it's the rest of my evening. Fair play. Well, you go got, for it. You got a few more hours than us, so you're a little bit behind us, something like that. Yeah, exactly. I still have a couple more hours. I can get it done. Excellent. We're going to go and put Die Hard on. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. We'll check you later. Thanks again. Yeah, it's been amazing. Yeah, Thanks so much, buddy. Right on. And uh, yeah, good luck with the podcast. We'll, uh, hopefully you, got, you get that Zach Wilde interview. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Maybe. Cheers, mate. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Yeah, you guys too. Cheers, Liam. Thank you. Bye. Bye.